Our second reading comes to us from the first epistle of Peter, the second chapter, beginning with the second verse. I'll invite you to listen for God's word. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious, but for those who do not believe, The stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of my family's favorite places to go in the area is Westmoreland State Park um, over in the Northern Neck. It's right there on the Potomac River. It's a beautiful setting. Um, And our our favorite thing to do there is take a short hike down to what's called Fossil Beach. It's a fun, fun place. And um, you can play in the water and all that stuff. But also, you can hunt for, you guessed it, fossils. Um, in particular, fossilized shark teeth, and uh, you can find all sorts of other crazy stuff there in, in the water and in, in the sand as well. But what you do to, to find these shark teeth is you take a plastic kitchen colander, and you dig it into the water and the sand, and you kind of sift it out. And at the end, you see a, a whole scattering of stones, and you kind of search through that looking for that shark tooth. I still remember how much fun it was to find the first one. It was, it was great. But then the terror came upon me that I needed to find two because we have two kids. <laughs> and so the diligent search was on, and that seemed to take forever, but eventually we did it. It was fun. I, I was thinking about that, though, because the vast majority of the stuff that I sifted through, and even that was in the colander, ended up getting tossed out. And plenty of that was beautiful stones in their own right, just wasn't what we were looking for. Beautiful stones and this cheap colander from the dollar store that we just tossed out on the side. I thought about that this week with our text from 1 Peter. Now, there's a lot about 1 Peter that we don't know. Now, 
for forever, people thought it was written by Peter the Apostle, which uh, seems straightforward enough, right? Uh, in, in recent years, more and more scholars believe Peter probably didn't write it. For one, because the Greek is far too advanced and eloquent for a Galilean fisherman whose, whose main languages were Aramaic and, and probably Hebrew. They, so we, we're not really sure who wrote it. We're also not sure where it was written. Some people think it was written in Rome for a reason. Some people think it was written in Egypt and some other places. So there's a lot of unknowns about 1 Peter. There's one thing that isn't, though, and that is to whom the epistle is addressed. Because it says so in the very first line, that this letter is addressed to the dispersed believers in Asia Minor. What we know today as, as Turkey, a little part of Greece, as well as uh, modern-day Syria. This epistle was written to the dispersed believers or small house churches in those areas. Now think about these folks for a minute. Let's say circa 50, 60 uh, of, of uh, the common era, a good generation or so after Jesus' resurrection. These folks were separated out. They were living in a strange place. They were outsiders. They were foreigners. These folks experienced a lot of rejection and hatred from the places in which they were living. They were constantly walking by temples made of stone to the Greco-Roman gods of, of the area. So like the, the stones in my colander, these folks felt tossed out, cast aside. They felt like outcasts. They felt trampled upon by the place in which they were living, by the people around whom they were living. And we know that happens today as well. Whether or not we ourselves feel that way, we know that the world in which we live can often be a cruel place. There are plenty of those who feel rejected, despised, trampled upon, tossed out and discarded, who feel rejected by the world in which we live. Even more so, there are so many of us that live with struggles and crosses to bear that we have no idea about. The amount of mental health concerns going on in our world today, uh, especially after the pandemic, is just unbelievable. We live with so many of these, these hidden things, as well as not-so-hidden things, of, of ways that we feel left out, that we feel broken, that we feel cast aside, tossed out, rejected, trampled upon by the world in which we live. I want to get back to our text for just a minute. So you notice that a main theme of our reading today was stones, We're talking about stones or rocks, right? The stones have a very big place in the Bible. Throughout the story of the Bible, stones have this prominent place. They mark permanence. They mark significance. Stones are used to symbolically mark new chapters in the story of Israel, going all the way to our text today. And there's no irony lost that the epistle's namesake, Peter, was given that name by Jesus, who after declaring him to be the Messiah, Jesus said to him, no, 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 I'm not calling you Simon anymore. 
I'm calling you Peter. I'm calling you Rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. Now, quick Bible nerd sidebar. The word used in the text is, is not Petros for rock, but lithos, stone. Um, and my guess is that the writer, whether it's Peter or someone else, is trying to distinguish his name from, from the, the image that he was doing. But again, that's, a, that's an aside. There's another stone, though, that we haven't talked about. And that's Jesus himself. Jesus being rejected by the world and crucified on a Roman cross becomes the very embodiment of the prophecy that's echoed in our text. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Now, I know very little about building and uh, and probably one of the least handy people in this room I can imagine, but the cornerstone is the very thing that not only influences the design of a building, but also its structural integrity. Jesus being rejected as a stone by the world becomes the very cornerstone of God's house being built here on earth. And so the writer of 1 Peter speaks to these dispersed Christians living under rejection and persecution and feeling as if they were outcasts, saying, just like Jesus, you have been rejected by the world, yet you you are chosen by God. Though the world doesn't choose you, God chooses you. And God not only chooses you, God calls you precious. God calls you beloved. You are God's own. You are living stones. And as living stones, be built into the spiritual house with Jesus as the very cornerstone of it. Be built into the spiritual house that you might embody God's love and unconditional mercy in the world. My last church that I served before coming here was in Knoxville, Tennessee. In particular, it was in a neighborhood called South Knoxville, uh, which is just south of uh, downtown on the Tennessee River. South Knoxville in particular, as as well as that whole area, was known for a while in the beginning of the 20th century for its stone quarries in particular for the Tennessee marble that was, that was uh, found and in, in, uh, mined out of there. And South Knoxville had a couple of, had, has a couple of historic quarries there. Now, good hundred years ago or so, a number of the members of my former church worked in these stone quarries, mining and looking for that precious Tennessee marble and then taking out and throwing out whatever else they found, including a lot of um, uh, gray flagstone, another uh, now beautiful stone in Tennessee. But for these quarries, it was rejected stone. It was thrown out. It was cast aside. So leave it to these folks who worked in these quarries in my church to take all these stones up and build them together, quite literally, into a church. And they renamed it Greystone Presbyterian Church. Now, on the one hand, you could say it was Scotch-Irish frugality that that took these rejected stones and built them into a church building. But I like to think 
But the folks 100 years ago that did this did it as an ongoing reminder of this text. That we, as God's own, no matter what happens to us in this world, we are God's own, God's beloved, God's chosen. We are to be built up as living stones into a spiritual house where God's love, God's mercy, and God's justice can be embodied and lived out together in community. Friends, this is the very message I am so glad we are, we are sharing as we are preparing to welcome our confirmands into church membership today. This text tells us that no matter what life throws at us, no matter what you face in this world, you are God's own. You are God's chosen. You are God's beloved child. You are a living stone. Be built into these spiritual houses with with other living stones. Looking out for those the world rejects, for those outcast and persecuted. Extending a hand to a stranger who needs a friend. Sharing and embodying the love of Christ we know so well in our world. Friends, may we do that. Whether you're one of our confirmands or graduates, whether you're visiting with us for the first time, know this. You are God's own. You are God's chosen. You are God's beloved. There's nothing in this world that can ever change that. May we go and share this love with one another. Amen.